Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim, and as always, I am joined by, to my left, um, young Brittany. How are you today, young Brittany? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Wonderful. And as always, we have with us Brandy, although I can't call you blue-haired beauty anymore. I guess you're brown-haired Brandy. How are you uh, today, Brandy? I'm living the dream, Timmy. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Did you have a nice Mother's Day? I did have a nice Mother's Day. Thank you for asking. It has no has it no poop yet. We got a lot of email concerned. I don't know that you got any emails about <laughs> Noah's poop. He has, okay. so we're we're in good shape. Okay, that's good. Also, thing. how was your birthday? You you turned fifty this year. Yeah, right? it's just your birthday. I did not turn fifty this year. Ass wipe. <laughs> uh, my birthday was lovely. It was the same day as Mother's Day. It was lovely. She got a twofer. I well, no, I didn't. You got a twofer? I got screwed. You, so you got a good gift. She got one present. I got you a got, car. Well, I thought you got screwed. You got a car for your birthday? Yes. Oh, damn. You shouldn't be complaining. I am not. You can't please the woman. That's what I said. How you gonna, how you gonna please a woman like that? She get a car for her birthday? That's probably a $35,000 car. And what are you saying? I got screwed. Well, no. First of all, because... And, and Tim knows because Tim's birthday is the day before mine. It's all right around Mother's Day. And you just, I, particularly because I am a mother, get screwed on Mother's Day because then all my cards and all everything, well, this is just your Mother's Day gift, too. No, that's jacked up. Okay. I get screwed because my birthday falls on um, you shouldn't K- have to give the Kentucky gifts. Derby Day. Derby Day. You shouldn't have to give gifts well, on your birthday. That's right, Timmy. had a birthday this weekend, too. Yeah, I did. What are you, and 75? You what, 75? I turned 75. No, I did not turn 75. You know, you you have reached that point, though, in life that you can now, like me, you know, people say... You're starting to look like a woman? That girl's half your age. You're, you reached a point in life where you, you are dating women that you're three times the age. Yeah. Yeah. Go team. I tip my hat to you, Tim. Thank you, Charles. And it's for you. It's for you. We're ten minutes into the podcast, and we're still doing introductions. So I wanted to introduce. You know, you're getting a little bossy. <laughs> the more and more we do this, the I'm older now. I'm older. I have less time left. I have to kind of move things along. Uh, also joining us, who's already uh, jumped into the conversation, is the very distinguished Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters the Third. Affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman, how are you today, Jimmy Charles? 
I got the man code. Oh, Jesus Christ. You got the man code. I got the man code. And you know what? Is that all that traveling you're doing? It is all the traveling I do. And, and, I, and, you know, I'm not sure that Ted Cruz washes his hands real well. And I shook him one time. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with it. Um, He's obsessed with His was bothering me here. I, I get on the Facebook page, and there's Zuckerberg guy. He's trying to raise money for Nepal, and I, I, I sympathize with those people. Yeah, well, you, you're known for your charity. You but who's doing Nepal. anything about the damn man code? I don't know. I mean, it's a serious affliction. Well, nobody cares about it, so. That's the whole point. So. They can put it's, a man on the moon. But they can't cure, cure the man code. Yeah, but they haven't done put a man on the moon for there a long is no time. Cure, there's no cure for what's bad. No, I'm you don't saying. understand. When you have, because you have the estrogen that fights off the antibodies or whatever. Well, you might not have anymore because you're over 50, but. Um, not over 50. Anyway, uh, when you have, you don't have estrogen, you got testosterone and you get those little cold viruses in you. They multiply, 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 multiply. I got cold germs just jumping off of me. Okay. That's a lovely thought. Okay, let's get into the topic, shall we? And today, the topic of our podcast... No! We got a shout-out. Okay. Oh. We got a shout-out to young Brittany's lovely and quite insane friend, Natalie. And Dottie. Uh, and Dottie. We got Dottie. Uh, but we have to... Because Natalie is a, a listener of the show, right? She is, yes. And she is... Is she a big fan? Yes. Very oh, much hi, Natalie. So. Thank you for listening. Yes. Yeah. And she's and she crazy. That, I she's mean, crazy? In the good kind of crazy way. I what mean, made you decide that she's crazy? I don't think she's crazy. Um, if she listens to her show, she obviously has good taste. And she's friends with young Brittany. Well, that was the first indication. Because Brittany and I are friends, and, and, and we're Facebook friends, and I see the pictures that she posts, and I think... Those two girls really need to chaperone when they go out. So, really, yeah. you are stalking people on Facebook again. There was, There's no restraining order or anything yet, so just <laughs> let it go with that. The topic of today's podcast is the Velasquez Axe Murders um, that occurred on June 9th. The Velisca Axe Murders? Velisca. What did I say? Velasquez, like oh, whatever. Pickles? Yeah. Velisca. <laughs> Velisca, is that how I'm saying it? The Velisca axe murders that occurred on June 9th, the evening of June 9th, and between the evening of June 9th and the morning of June 10th in 1912 in uh, Velasca, Iowa. Um, these uh, quick question, quick interjection here. Yeah. We're just getting started. Now, you're from Chillicothe, right? Or Portsmouth? Portsmouth, yeah. Do they speak English now? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Okay. So I have that, a tough time, too, pronouncing things. Velasca, right? Yeah. Is Velisca. that the Velisca? It looks like it could be both ways. Okay. No, because that's an I, not okay. an A. We are going to call it Velisca. Velisca. Okay, Velisca, okay. Iowa. We're gonna and let Velisca. me tell you a little bit about Velisca, Iowa, since you ask. Please, very little. You um, didn't get Iowa right. There you go. <laughs> Velisca, Iowa is, in the, is a small town in the southwestern part of Iowa. Today's the population of Velisca is only 1,252. Now, that, that was as of this morning, so I don't know if anyone's moved. But 1,252. So it's a small town, Midwest, uh, Midwest part of the United States, sort of in the heartland. For those of you who are listening to us out of the country, because we do have a lot of listeners 
in Canada and Russia and Australia. Um, so this is sort of the, in the heartland of the United States. Population of 1,200. And up until June 10th of 1912, it was a place where people, you know, were, uh, felt safe in their community and would be welcoming of strangers and a nice, um, you know, all-American town. That was until June 10th of 1912. And that is when these murders took place when six members of the Moore family and two of their house guests were found bludgeoned to death in their home. And all eight victims, including six children, had severe uh, head wounds from an axe. Uh, all eight, uh, so, after a lengthy investigation, um, several suspects uh, were identified. Uh, one who was actually tried twice and acquitted, uh, but as of today, 103 years later, the mystery is still there. The, the, remains, <coughs> the crime remains unsolved. Um, the Moore family consisted of Hosea, Josiah, how do I say? Josiah. Josiah, which was the father, Josiah. Uh, and the mother, Sarah, Josiah was 43, Sarah was 39. They had four children, ages 5 to 11. Um, the oldest being Herman. Uh, Mary Catherine was 10. Arthur, boy, Arthur Boyd was 7. And Paul was 5. And they, on this evening, they happened to have two guests that were guests of Mary Catherine. Uh, Ina May and Lena Stillinger. These were uh, friends, uh, kids, who uh, Ina May was 8 and Lena was 12. So on the evening of June 9, 1912, the family was attending a uh, children's program at the Presbyterian Church. The mom, Sarah, had been coordinating the program, and that ended around 9.30 p.m., the Moors, along with their two house guests, the Dillinger sisters, walked into the Moors, arrived, walked home to the Moors' house, and um, arriving home at between 9.45 and 10 p.m. Okay. So at 7 o'clock the next day, on June the 10th, a neighbor, Mary Peckham, um, became concerned after she noticed the Moore family had not uh, come out to do their morning chores. Apparently, they had, back in the day, they were uh, chores to do and chickens to feed and those sort of meals, cows to milk and those sort of things. I hate that. So um, she didn't see any activity next door, and she became concerned. So she went over and knocked on the Moore's door. No one answered. Um, she tried to open the door and discovered that it was locked. Um, so, being a good neighbor, she let the Moore's chickens out, which is uh, something you would do, I'm sure, Colonel, that you would do for in your neighbors. You we would always let the chickens out for yeah. people. I mean, it's okay. Milk the cows. Well, she didn't milk the cows. She I would take all the chicken eggs. <laughs> I'm not a good neighbor. You are not. Uh, anyway. Um, do you steal pumpkins at Halloween? No. I smash them. You are terrible now. What? And a vandal, and a felon. <laughs> right. And, and yet she's never been in a holding cell. Hard no. to believe. So anyway, so um, Peckham, uh, concerned that no one's responded, she called Ross Moore, who was 
um, the brother of, what do we say his name was? Josiah? Josiah. Josiah. Josiah Moore. And um, so uh, she gave him a call, and Josiah, uh, Ross came over to check things out. Well, he knocked on the door, and no one answered. And so um, he tried the door. Again, it was locked. But he had a copy of the house key. And so he opened the door, went in, and he opened the guest bedroom where young, uh, the two young guests were uh, visit, visitors were staying, Ina and Lena, and he found their bodies on the bed, and they just had been, um, you know, their heads had been bludgeoned in with the, with an axe. So he leaves the house immediately and uh, tells the neighbor, Miss Peckham, to contact Hank Horton, who was the peace officer of that area, a constable, perhaps. And um, so Hank comes over to investigate the crime scene at this point and uh, searched the rest of the house where he found the six uh, members of the Moore families uh, were also had, had also been murdered. Um, the dad had been, uh, the, had been um, killed. Every, all of them had, had head wounds. But the dad had just, uh, I guess, been, his head had been pretty much obliterated. Oh. He had no, he couldn't even, his eyes were gone. I mean, he just, he was just a mess. They took his eyes out too? They pounded, he apparently he had been struck so many times. You know, oh, the, okay. Just that the eyes, eyes were, out. yeah, his eyes had been knocked out. But all of them had been struck in the head multiple times with this axe. Um, the murder weapon, the axe, um, belonged to the family and it was found in the guest room. Um, where the Stillinger sisters were found. Um, the doctors, apparently once word got out, uh, people just started coming over to check out the crime scene, and so the crime scene was really not secure, um, and there were people all over the place, all over the yard, in and out of the house. Um, but the doctors concluded that the murders took place somewhere between midnight and 5 a.m., the killer or killers uh, began uh, in the master bedroom where um, they killed Mr. and Mrs. Moore while they were sleeping. As I said, Mr. Moore received more blows from the axe than any of the other victims. His face had been cut, um, and, and again, his eyes were missing. I'm glad their last name wasn't Bates because it would have been terrible to report that Master Bates was killed. Yeah, well, really? Yeah. That would be terrible. Oh, that would have been terrible. Um, well, you said master bedroom. So then the killer, after he killed Mr. and Mrs. Moore, the killer went into the children's room and bludgeoned Herman, which was the oldest son, and then Catherine, Boyd, and Paul in the head in the same manner as he did the parents. And after he had killed um, the four children, more children, he then moved downstairs to the guest bedroom and killed uh, the visitors, Ina and Lena, uh, the investigators believe that all of the victims, except for Lena, the oldest of the uh, Stellinger's girls, were asleep at the time they were murdered. They think that she was awake, <clears throat> and she had at least tried to fight back because they found her lying crossways on the bed, and, in a, and she had a defensive wound to her arm. Also, her nightgown was pushed up to her waist, and she was wearing no um, undergarment, uh, undergarments, which lead... Oh, she was commando. Yeah, which led the law enforcement to speculate the killer may had some... Um, may have at least attempted to sexually molest her, although That's later they don't think that that was the case. 
Um, she just left without draws? They did that back in the day? Apparently. Now, I guess they didn't have air conditioning. They had some strange stuff that was found at the crime scene. Um, in Besides the weapon, which, as I said, belonged to Mr. Moore, the axe, they found a slab of bacon that um, apparently was left by the axe and there's some belief that it was used for some type of sexual gratification from the killer. Well, of course. That's why we keep talking about bacon. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long in, in as long as it wasn't the Canadian bacon. Because you cannot violate Canadian bacon. The the fine people up there, you don't want to mess with the Canadian bacon. Good lord. They also found um, which is weird, um, some, uh, some food, half-eaten food on the kitchen table. Why is that weird? Well, apparently, I mean, I think it's weird that apparently after the guy killed was hungry. the whole family, he sat down for a snack. Yeah. And they found, they found a bowl of bloody water. Yeah, he uh, washed his hands. Who wouldn't wash their hands at, before they ate? Don't know. So, after they killed people. Yeah, so it was pretty grisly. All the doors in the house were locked, so they're not, you know, not sure how the person got in. Um, the investigation uh, over time uh, identified several different suspects, which you guys will get into. But as I said, as today, this mystery, this murder remains unsolved. So, um,. Let's talk a little bit about the suspects, shall we? Well, the two big suspects in this case, um, and one one's kind of weird because he was just he was really just a peculiar man, but he became a suspect. Um, it was Andrew Sawyer, and he was he was really kind of a transient. Was he a Gandhi um, dancer? No, he was not a Gandhi dancer, and, and at times he could be a sharp that? dresser. I do know that as a matter of fact. He was a sharp dresser. But he would show up. He 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 showed up for a railroad job in a in a nice brown suit, mm-hmm. uh, wet up to his thighs. His shoes all muddy, and they gave him a job. Now, yeah. So he, this guy was like passing through, right? He was. Yeah, he was transient. He was passing through, um, and he 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 had a, a couple peculiar things. Now, the one thing that got him in trouble is when he was. Um, Driving by, he he said he was going to show people where the murders were. He was he was way too interested in the murders. Is what really what happened? Yeah, I, um, I saw. I think I read something that he had got. He was reading up on the murders he'd read in the local newspaper or something, and he seemed really. He was just really really into yeah. these murders. He uh, then he got a little itchy he was afraid for some reason he was going to be taken into it as a suspect but then you know a lot of the transients and unaccounted for people at that time they were being taken as suspects yeah. so and we should point out in this little town there was a train depot so there was people yeah. coming in and uh, and that's where he was working he, right. he kind of wandered upon the site and got a job so he decides you know i'm, I'm they're, they're pulling in the hobos you know right. I'm, I'm gonna get the hell out of here so that made him look even, <clears throat> excuse me, more suspicious. So, that but he's not really, he was he was really dismissed as a subject. I mean, he there was a lot of weird things about this man. Um, 
He was very He upset. liked to sleep with an axe. Right. And who doesn't? Who doesn't? I mean, apparently the, this family liked to sleep with an axe, too. Axes were must have been a very popular thing to have around the house because when we talked about the New Orleans axe murders, everyone seemed to have an axe in their house. Well, I think it was firewood. Yeah, people have firewood. So. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, when he when he comes in, uh, and here's a funny story about the man. He the Burlington Railroad. He uh, walks up there. He's clean shaven, wearing a nice brown suit. Um, his shoes are covered in mud. His pants are wet and completely wet and he asked for a job and this, they gave him a job so but anyway he, he I never thought in. that that I mean I, I read that but I didn't think that was so weird I mean he was a transient he probably only had one pair of pants well I guess back in the day they all wore suits yeah you know everybody seemed to wear suits yeah. I mean, that was the way you know, So I mean he was on the road so but when they finally did take him in um and, and he seemed to know he Basically, he was—he just kind of made stuff up. He liked—I I think he liked to. This is my opinion. He liked to impress people. He made stuff up. He was telling people details about the crime, where the murderers stopped in the woods, things like that. Made him look kind of suspicious. Yeah, I think he—he he, like you said. I think he just kind of got a little obsessed with this story, knowing you know because it happened when he was there, and and then he threatened. To, or was this another suspect? Then he threatened someone with an axe that he was going to cut their head off or something. Yeah, well, he there was a there was a guy that uh, Dyer, um, the guy, his boss was rubbing for whatever reason rubbing Sawyer's head with both hands. You never do that. No, you don't. I mean, it's okay to if if you got a girl that's got really nice hair, it's okay to pet him once in a while. But you don't like young Brittany. Young Brittany, yeah, she got very silky hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. A man, you don't walk up behind him with both hands and rub the head. No. That's just asking for That's ass whooping. Now, he got exceptionally irate, grabbed his axe, and said, I will cut your goddamn heads off. Now, not not hands. He said, I will cut your goddamn heads off. Yeah. Now, I'm not really why he was using the plural. He's because hit the peppy. Well, yeah, because this guy did not... It does not say he was a two-headed man. So... You know, I'm just going with that, but but anyway, the bottom, the end of him was that they proved that he was in uh, a different a solid, city, yeah. o- Osceola, Iowa. He had a solid alibi. He had a very, very good alibi. Yeah. Now the one, the one that I really think did it. Before you know that, his alibi, it was pretty solid. Yeah. He had been picked up for vagrancy. Yeah, he'd been picked up for vagrancy by the sheriff in by, the, the day before, night, and they had so. put him on a train like at 11 p.m. or yeah. something. So there was no way he could have got there. Yeah, so he wasn't, he, he was not a real, I mean, he was a suspect, and I don't even know really, other than to put something, you know, like I, this is what they were thinking, but I don't know why they listed him as a suspect. Well, I mean, at the time, they were probably looking at him because of his strange behavior, but you know how Yeah, people but they were looking are, at every transient. But you know yeah. how some people catch, uh, latch, every kind of, there's a big story, like a murder or something, there's some people who get, like, overly obsessed with it. Yeah. And I think that's that. That's what happened in his case. He was just a, a strange bird that got kind of, you know, interested in his story and started talking about it a lot. Put in, and people naturally suspected him because he was a transient. But there would have been no way for him to have been in uh, that been in that, that town at that evening right. at that time. Yeah. So he wasn't really now the the 
the real suspect, and, th and this guy, he was the only one I actually tried for it, um, Kelly, the Reverend Kelly. Yeah, he was a minister, and right? He was a minister, and he was a traveling minister. And he had just gotten into town. He was in town on the night of the murders. He had just gotten into town uh, the Sunday morning before the murders. He attended Sunday school, a Sunday school performance by the Stillinger girls. And then he departed early Monday. Now, he comes back two weeks later, and he's posing as a detective, and he joined a tour of the murder house with a group of the investigators. Okay, now that's, mm -hmm. that's, pretty, that's pretty fishy. But here's the fishiest thing. He leaves Villisca on a, board, on a train, the number five train going west, and he tells fellow travelers that there were eight souls, eight dead souls back in Villisca, Iowa, butchered in their beds while they slept. And this was before the bodies had been found. So this was on June the, the 10th? Yeah. Okay. So the bodies at this point had not been found. And now... He became interested in him because he, he was writing these just kind of incoherent, rambling letters to just different people, relatives, whatever, about these yeah. murders. And Yeah, another example where someone's gotten really obsessed with this whole crime. Yeah, but he had been in town. Then he mm -hmm. comes back, fakes being a detective, and does a tour of the house. The murder house. Yeah, that's weird. Well, that's I mean, crazy. They knew he was a reverend, and, and you can't, you know... He also, and you're probably going to get to this, he also had he had been charged for some deviant type of behavior, I believe. He had been sending inappropriate letters. He'd been sending obscene material through the mail. Uh, he spent some time in a mental hospital. That's before they had telephones, so you couldn't make yeah. dirty, dirty phone calls. You had to actually... Before you had the internet, so obscene yeah. material so was hard to come by. breathe heavy in somebody's ear. No, you have to send, you have to do it through the mail. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Like he had a secretary it applied... Loses something. Somebody applied for a secretarial position with him, and he had sent them some inappropriate material. I couldn't, I don't know if you found out what it was, but I, well, I couldn't find it. It didn't really say. Now, his, 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 his and this is what... Everybody knows that when you're a minister, your kids are going to be crazy. I mean, that's just generally a rule. You're strict with rule. the kids. They go batshit crazy once that's they a get rule. Typically. Okay. You ever met a minister whose kids weren't wild? I don't know too many ministers. Do you know any ministers? No. no. Every minister I've ever met, their kids just wild as hell. Okay. Yep. And they're assholes. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, this this Reverend Kelly, his his... Father, his his uh, grandfather, they were both English ministers, mm -hmm. and uh, now he suffered a mental breakdown when he was an adolescent. Mm -hmm. Then he immigrates to America with his wife. Um, he preached at Methodist churches across North Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas, Iowa, and he'd been assigned as a visiting minister to several several little churches, you know, north of Alaska. <laughs> Where he developed a reputation for very, very odd behavior. <clears throat> then as? he he would just it was like he was two people. He he become this very incoherent, rambling guy. He had very strong opinions on things. Methodist, I, I, as you know, the colonel. Um, I've been I'm a Methodist myself. Um, okay. We're very laid back people. We're not evangelical people. Mm -hmm. You know, we just. Mostly like to have casseroles and stuff like that. Right. That's all we really care about. Is that what and, it is? Well, I mean, we're <clears throat> we're against murder. 
you know, we're against yeah. murder. Um, you always speak out against the, all in all the controversial issues of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Against yeah. murder. Yeah, it, it takes it, a strong yeah. stance against murder. Well, and and, and uh, we'll, we'll try to stay on the subject, but I'll tell you an interesting thing about the Methodist Church is the Methodist you Church is the only major church that has not taken a stand on abortion. They have not taken a stand on abortion. So that's how laid back they are. They're like, well, whatever, you know. Live and let live, basically. What about Brandy's people? Brandy's people, now, no, they, Brandy's people, you can have 37 different wives if you want, any age. eleven. <laughs> um, I mean, Brandy's, Brandy's people are, her tribe is a, a peculiar bunch. Um, now, they... You know, I could go on on that one. All yeah, day. let's get back to uh, the Reverend. Uh, uh, but the Reverend. let's just say what? What just happened there? We we should just say Brandy is a member of an unorthodox cult that uh, cult. <laughs> um, what? That we don't wanna we don't wanna have a, a religious a Catholic. argument. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! You tell me they ain't brainwashing those old people and let go. Okay, okay. Let's go so, back to our okay. suspects. The Reverend. Anyway, so man of God. Um. Anyway, so he's tried. This dude is actually tried. So he, well, first he gets convicted of sending obscene material through the mail, and he spent some time. He didn't go to jail. He spent some time in a mental hospital. Did he put his return address? Because that's always a giveaway. Well, it really that's what is. he did. And, and it was obscene pictures of himself, probably. You know, he, he was the first one to do selfies. Know. And he probably had to have Whoever. some... No, someone probably had to get under one of those blankets and take... No, he had a string. He had a long oh, string. Oh, he had a long string. Okay. Yeah. He had a big and, stick. Uh, he had a big stick, yeah. He selfie had a big, stick. Big selfie yeah. stick. And, uh, but he, he was a guy who invented the selfie. Um, that's not so true. he spends his time in a mental hospital. He gets out. <clears throat> a grand jury indicts him. Finally, finally, they indict him for the murders. Um, he gets interrogated, um, and throughout the summer of 1917, he's in jail. They're just interrogating the hell out of the man. They just interrogate him, interrogate him, interrogate him. So finally, he confessed to the murders. Okay. Um, so they're going to try him. And then when it comes time for a trial, he recants his confession. Um, but... Well, they probably beat him or something. Oh, they did want to beat him. You know what they did? They put hot bacon on him. They <laughs> put hot bacon. They fried up the bacon. And did he request bacon? Did they bring home the bacon <laughs> yeah. and fried it up in a <laughs> pan? Fr- fried it up in a pan. If he, did he ask his last <clears throat> meal to be bacon? <laughs> that they, they actually waterboarded the reverend. Okay. Um, None of this is true. But he did confess, he and confessed. then he recanted. He recanted. And then what happened? Um, the jury was deadlocked. Eleven to one for acquittal. Now that that's pretty uh, pretty strong. Pretty strong, yeah. yeah. And then, then so they were satisfied with that hung jury, um, the well hung jury. Well, we don't um, know who was on the jury to be able to say that. Well, a couple of the people were in the pictures that he sent. Oh, okay. So um, it was a well hung jury. Um, What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I've I've had jury duty before. You had jury duty? No. Well, when I I did it, I told them, this is a well-hung jury. I can already tell you right now, so you might as well just send me home. It's going to be deadlocked. What can you please? But uh, anyway, there was a second trial. Yes. Um, and I mean, this was immediately. They didn't waste any time. You know, it was like, put his ass back on trial again. We can get him, which is strange because it was eleven to one for an acquittal. But now, they said they thought they still had the goods on uh, Reverend Kelly, and uh, yeah. And what was the result of the second trial? He was acquitted. He was acquitted. He was acquitted. No, but you know, the thing I can't get past is how in the hell did that man know at five nineteen a.m. that those people were dead? Well, unless the people were lying, but <coughs> but then how did those people know? Well, you know, I mean, it, it's very peculiar. It's but it, and it doesn't. It when you dig into this, it doesn't ever really tell you the evidence for. Um, Apparently, it wasn't very strong. If they got an eleven, if the first jury uh, was hung and an eleven voted to acquit, and then the second jury acquitted totally. So. Apparently, I mean, you know, you get into people hearing things, and I mean, it's hearsay, and so it's sometimes it's not. That's not always the strongest. People's memories are not always. Well, bad. and he, he again, he had. Uh, here's the thing, too. When they talked to, to him about the murders, mm-hmm. he knew a great, great amount of detail, and some of these details were just completely dead on. And some of them were way off. Well, and they didn't know if he was just imagining the, 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 the thing is that people were actually uh, civilians and not just police were walking around yeah, in, the, in around. and out of this house yeah. during this investigation. They found that they were um, indentations in the ceiling where the where the axe murderer had raised the axe, and you know, so that they were, yeah. Um, so they think the person had to been relatively tall, um, but. Yeah, the, the the crime scene was just a mess. There was everyone in town, the twelve hundred people in town, were all walking, you know, coming over to get yeah. a look at this big crime scene, and people were walking in and out. So, right. and he, but he was, yeah, he was mentally ill. He was writing letters to the police, to investigators, to the family. To he took an un, looks like an unhealthy interest in this case for some whatever reason. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It was, Clearly, much. So he was the strongest suspect of, uh, that they had because he was at least tried twice. Um, but we do have a, a few other suspects. I would have found him guilty. Yeah, but uh, you was not on the jury, and you would have been. Well, I'm kind of anti-minister. I'm not convinced that he did it. I'm not either. You're not convinced. Mm-mm. I want Who's to hear it? about the other suspects. Oh. Okay, let's hear about the other. Let's suspects. hear about the other suspects. <laughs> I do. I'm interested. 
Okay. Yeah. If you'd read the story, you'd probably know. I but, did read the okay, story. Okay. So who's up next? Dag, he called you out. <laughs> yeah, come on, girl. Blue-haired devil. So this is this oh. is actually I don't then my blue hair is gone. It's just devil now. Thank you. Okay. So um, my favorite, the guy I think is probably is right up there on the suspect list is a guy named Frank F. Jones. Um, he was a Villisca resident. And he was an, Ohio, an Iowa State senator. Ah. And Josiah Moore had worked for him Who? at his Who? Josiah. Josiah what? Moore. The victim? Josiah Moore? Yes. Okay. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I thought there was another. I thought there was a duplicate name in there. Okay. Wow. Are you listening? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So anyway, so they just, had some personal animosity. Josiah Moore had worked for him at his implement store for Moore a Moorhead. You said Moorhead. No, I said Moore had. Had. Okay. I thought. Yeah, I thought oh, you were saying Jesus Josiah Moorhead. That's what no. got me confused. Okay. Josiah Let's Moore. go back to Frank Jones, okay. state senator. He and Mr. Moore had some business. Wow. Had some business uh, dealings. They did. Well, they had business dealings, um, but he had. Josiah, period, had worked for Frank Jones um, at his implementation implement store um, for a long time. And then he left, actually, to open his own store. And when he left, he took a lot of business away from Jones, um, including a, an extremely successful John Deere dealership. Uh, and so Moore, Moore was also rumored to have had an affair with Jones's daughter-in-law. I wonder what they made, John Deere made back in 19... Tractors. Yeah. They must have been the little... Plows and whatever. Small tractors. They didn't make lawnmowers. They made yeah, tractors and plows. Deere. They yeah. made big tractors. Big 1912? Tractors and plows. Right. They had tractors back in the 1860s. All right, good. Um, but there was never any evidence to support that he'd had an affair with his daughter-in-law. Probably got those free hats. No, that's when it, but you know, hats. there was big straw hats. There was big straw hats with the no, I'm talking about the jean, the, the green. Yeah, no, they were green, okay. but and they were straw. They didn't have the baseball caps yet. So anyway, oh, baseball hats wasn't invented. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there were no trucker hats back then. Okay, so Frank, um, Frank Jones, Frank Jones. So, um, the theory was that Frank Jones hired this guy named William Mansfield. His friends called him Bill. His friends called him Blackie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just rude. Well, he was a white guy, so I mean, it didn't matter. I bet that was confusing. I guess that's like when you called a big guy tiny. Yeah, I guess. So, it, Senator it, Jones... It, had he been African-American, that would have been inappropriate. It really <laughs> would have been. be good. This so conversation is inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Senator Jones... The theory was that Senator Jones hired... Uh, called Whitey Ford. Whitey. <laughs> hired Mansfield to murder the Moore family. Um, it's, it's believed that Mansfield was a serial killer because he had murdered his wife, infant child, father, and mother-in-law with an axe two years... Uh, prior to the Velisca crimes, see you kill your family. You kill one family in your series. You're branded for life. Yeah. Well, no. It, he then, you know, trekked west. Uh, he was the suspect in a double homicide of Jenny, Jenny Peterson and Jenny Miller in Illinois. And Is he then, a Gandy dancer? He was not a. I don't believe he was a Gandy dancer. There's no proof either way. 
Okay, okay. So each crime site was accessible by trains. All the murders were carried out exactly the same way the whole time. Um, so the theory is that Frank Jones, the Senator Frank Jones, had a, a beef with Josiah. Over and, money. He and, took his business. And he hired this William Mansfield character who had a history of violent behavior. Yeah. He to, was uh, take care of more in his family. He yes. killed his family so with an axe. I will call that violent behavior, yeah. So he was released after a special grand jury of Montgomery County refused to indict him on the grounds of he had an alibi. So nine months before the murders in Villisca, a similar case of axe murder occurred in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Two more axe murder cases followed in El- Ellsworth, Kansas, and Paola, Kansas. Um, the cases were similar enough to raise the possibility of having be- been committed by the same person. Um, there were other murders reported as possibly linked to these crimes. There were a ton of unsolved axe murders along the Southern Pacific Railroad from 1911 to 1912. Uh, that was our suspect in uh, the Gandhi Dancer. And then the unsolved man murders of New Orleans. Yeah, but that was later on. When, when was that, 1919? Yeah, uh, New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, so this is, but it ain't all that hard to swing an axe. Old man can swing axe. But there, it is. Uh, they are similar in the fact that they all all were axe murders. They all hit. You know, they all were. Uh, they struck the victims in the head, come breaking into, intruding into their home, and they used the axe of the family that was there. So, um, the murders in Colorado Springs were closely related to the ones in the Moore House. They happened nine months before the the Villisca murders. H.C. Wayne, his wife, child, and Mrs. A.J. Burnham were found dead in Colorado Springs. They were murdered by the, by an axe. Uh, the Colorado Springs Police Department found it difficult to believe that the same person could do the same crime, just in different cities. I don't know why that would be such a stretch, but okay. What did uh, what do we know? What his alibi was? Uh. It's okay. I would have to know. look. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. So he was watching TV. So. You know, and here's an interesting. Just a, a interesting he claims thing. to have been in for the Velisca murders. He claimed to be in Mansfield, Illinois. Well, that was Mansfield his, in Mansfield. I, crazy. That's the first thing. I, yeah. the first he was thing. in Springfield. But <laughs> yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. Simpson. In the Velisca murders, as in the Colorado Springs murders, bed sheets were used to cover the windows to prevent people from looking in. Um, and the murderer, let's see, the murder actually at the Moore house, the murderer hanged aprons and shirts and skirts to cover the windows. Um, and as in Velisca and Colorado Springs, the murderer wiped the blood off his axe and covered the heads of all the victim with bed victims with bed clothes. Yeah, and they were. I, I forgot to mention that they were all covered. Their heads were all covered. The Moors and the two visitors' kids were covered with their bed clothes. <laughs> so they were. So there were similarities. The colonel got the man I know you were similarities. Yes. yes. Quick question, though. I wonder if I could interject something here. Now these people, you're going around the country. Everybody getting killed with axes, and everybody getting killed with their own axes, right? Mm-hmm. Their own axes. Now, we, when we talked about New Orleans, I said, I, first thing I do is get the hell, get, not have an axe in my house. You know, you'd have to kill me with my own spoon. But anyway, that's because they had the firewood and whatnot and whatever. Now, people don't keep axes in the house no. anymore, right? Yeah, right. But what does everybody have in their house now? A cell phone. 
a microwave. Ain't nobody going around microwave killing people. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, the top of his head is a Why point. is that a good point? It's not. <laughs> no, I mean, so, 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 he was, he was the prime suspect in, not just by the police, but um, evidently somebody along the line had, had hired a private detective. They had hired the Burns Detective Agency of Kansas City and... Springfield? The Burns Or, or just Kansas Agency. City. And Detective James Newton Wilkerson, who started really diving into all this stuff. Um, he started getting into all these murders that he felt were linked. And according to his investigation, all the murders were committed in precisely the same manner, indicating, of course, that the same man had committed them. Uh, he stated that he could prove Mansfield was present in each of these places on the nights of the murder. Uh, in each murder, the victims were hacked to death with an axe and the mirrors in the homes were covered. A burning lamp with the chimney off was left at the foot of the bed and the basin where the murderer washed was found in the kitchen. In each case, the murderer avoid, avoided leaving fingerprints by wearing gloves, which Wilkerson believed was strong evidence that the man was, the man was Mansfield, who knew his fingerprints were on file in the federal military prison in Leavenworth. Was there any, um, had he been convicted of any? No. No. Um, well, evidently, and there's no mention of this beforehand, but he, you know, he spent some time dealing with Leavenworth. Right. He had, so, so he obviously had some sort of criminal background. He had background. something, but it was with the military. And he was never found guilty of, I'm assuming, of his family's murders? He, no. Uh, Wilkerson managed to convince a grand jury to open an investigation in 1916, Mansfield was arrested and brought in to the Montgomery County, to Montgomery County from Kansas City. Uh, but payroll records provided an alibi that placed Mansfield in, Mansfield in Illinois at the time times of the Velisca murders. He was released from for lack of evidence and later won a lawsuit against Wilkerson and was and was awarded two thousand two hundred and twenty five dollars. Wilkerson believed that pressure from Frank Jones resulted not only in Mansfield's release, but also in the subsequent uh, arrest and retrial of Reverend Kelly. Um, I wonder if there was any connection between Frank Jones and the and company. The no, and the company that provided the alibi for. I don't know, um, but. Because it's out of state, right? I mean, it was Illinois. It doesn't matter. You know, a senator is a senator. A senator reaches out to that state senator, and they ask a favor, and blah, blah, blah. Now, a Mr. Illuminati. A Mr. He might be. A Mr. R.H. Thorpe, a restaurant owner from Shenandoah, identified Mansfield as the man he saw the morning after the Velisca murders boarding, boarding a train at Clarinda. Uh, this man said he had walked from walked from Velisca. If this is substantiated, it would break it would break Mansfield's alibi. It was reported that Miss Vena Tompkins of Marshalltown was on her way to testify that she, that she heard three men in the woods plotting to murder the Moore family a short time before the killings. So, yeah, I mean, I think of all the ones we've talked about so far, I think William Mansfield is probably, it for me, would be the, the prime suspect, although I, I'm not convinced that he would he did it. But. Well, he was doing it for money. Yeah. So, But we do have a couple more, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, there are a few more. 
Um, Henry Lee Moore was also one of the suspected killers. Um, he was not related to the family. However, he was convicted um, for another murder of his mother and grandmother several months after the murders in Villisca, uh, and he did use an axe as his weapon of choice. And what is, what's, what's the thing he got going against him right there? That he was using the axe. No, 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 no. That he killed... What's his name? Henry Lee Moore. Anytime th- somebody go by three names, they say you're a killer. Well, obviously, everybody knows that. Um, and he had an affinity for bacon. He, but his yeah. name wasn't Harvey. Well known. Yeah. Um, was he from that? He was from that area? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so before and after the murders in Villisca... Um, There are very similar axe murders that were mentioned um, before this, uh, such as Blackie Mansfield. Um, Henry Lee Moore was also a suspect in those murders. Um, Henry Lee Moore um, is a suspect for those slayings, but the case remains open still. So He's never been charged. No, he has never been been charged with any of them. Um, Do you know anything else about Henry Lee Moore? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's about know. all I got on him. Like it doesn't killer. sound like he has any motive or, I mean, well, yeah. he did use an axe, but. Yeah, they just was looking at people who committed, suspects that had committed similar type of crimes, or, or at least people who were suspected of committing similar types of crimes. I mean, you, you know, this is 1912, so there's no criminal database you can go to, or you know, mostly just word of mouth. So Sam Moyer, um, or Sam Moore, sorry, um, was Josiah's brother-in-law, and he is also a suspect. Right, Moyer. Moyer? Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but he was Josiah's brother-in-law, and he often threatened um, to kill Josiah Moore. Uh, this was never really investigated too strongly, um, but his alibi did clear him of the crimes. You know, you would think that the how vicious the crime was, that it would be someone that knew them. You know what I mean? I mean, it seems like it was something personal, especially with the father, Josiah, because, I mean, damn near, I mean, you know, they caved his head in, basically. I agree. You kill somebody with axe, it's pretty personal. Mm -hmm. But then, I guess back in, you know, even today, serial killers are using, they use knives, axes. I mean, they, you know. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the brutality of it. You, generally, when there's a brutal crime... Yeah, it's a personal, uh, yeah, there's personal some knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So, that's it for our suspects, right? So, uh, let's go around the room. And, Colonel, how do you feel? Who do you feel? Do you feel that uh, we've got any of these suspects? Well, uh, the, most likely? this Reverend Kelly is interesting to me only because he knew things that other people wouldn't have. And, and, you know, the, the thing, the saying that the people were dead before anybody knew, that, that kind of, uh, you know, unless he was a psychic or some sort. Well, I mean, I mean that's, if, that's, the if that's in true, yeah. it's, if that's in fact true. And, you know, you're a reverend, you have mental problems, he, uh, there was probably people that didn't like him. Well, and he also he also had some sexual deviant behavior, and there's indication that this, you know, like we talked about with the bacon, with the nightshirt. Yeah, well, let's not be throwing stones here. I mean, no, but I mean that was the the, the got my own glass. The, I don't want to do. <laughs> do you? 
But anyway, uh, so so you 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 would lean toward uh, actually I'm leaning toward the guy with the three names. Oh, Henry Henry Lee Moore Henry Lee Moore. Why? Because it's a serial killer. Henry Lee Moore. Henry Lee Moore. That's a serial killer name. Not piece it off their name. Yes, but you could. You absolutely could. Yeah. Yeah, Because I'll tell you one. I'll tell you something. You ever met an ugly girl named named Cassie? Don't See, names know. are important. Yeah. I ain't never met an ugly girl named Cassie. Yeah, you're right. You're used to be attractive. Yeah. Names are important. Names tell you a lot about people. Brandy, who do you feel? Uh, do you feel any of these suspects are more likely than not to be? I think that it was, I think it was the senator and the guy he hired. The hitman. Good old right. Billy Mansfield. Blackie. Blackie. And, I um, think it was him. Okay. I think it was the combination of the two of them. Young Brittany. Any strong feelings? I think that, I don't know, I think that maybe they didn't investigate the people in the household. I mean, I think well, it could have eased. I know, but, you know, it could. there could have been a murder-suicide or, you know, they could somebody could have killed their whole family and then killed himself. Or so you I think, think maybe that's just something I thought of. They you know. ch- the like Mr. Moore ch- killed everybody in his house and then he hit his head. Maybe the head with he, an axe. it wouldn't be unheard of. I think it would be actually. I, I don't know. You get a bunch of kids around. I told you when we did New Orleans accident. Yeah. You get a bunch of kids yapping. Your wife nagging at you. Shut so myself. Your, your theory is murder suicide. Maybe what? <laughs> See well, if you pay, pay attention. attention. <laughs> exactly. I just think. Really I mean, hot. I think that Blackie is definitely the number one suspect. But murder I also, suicide. I, well, you hear a lot about what? I'm serious. You hear a lot about people killing their entire family and then killing themselves with an axe. Maybe. It what? Was, yes. uh, okay, but uh, that's commitment. Just it would. I mean, were hit multiple times. Are we a hundred percent sure? How often you hit yourself multiple times in the face with an axe? People do I think that. You got one time. I've done it a people are times. crazy. I think you go once. No, some people. Oh no! Are nuts. I think I think you go one time hitting yourself in the face with an axe. I think you got one shot at that. No, you got. And a you have to go shots. balls out. No, I'm no. thinking no. outside the box. You're thinking outside this room. Well, that's <laughs> okay too. <laughs> What is wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing, Are we 100% yeah. sure that they all were bashed with an axe? Yes. 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 It, it, it's, that's a document. It, it's from the, I know, but from the wedges really in the anything. forehead. From the wedges in the forehead. It's still open. I'm just trying to, to see like, what yes. these investigators did. Okay, so you're trying to open a new angle. Have you seen the crime scene photos? But Yes. You have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, they're gory. Them? All of them. They're on my desk. Yeah, they're gory. Can I see? I can look them up online. Because no. young, young Brittany, but you may have a point that that it, you you're no no. Let me let me try to you know when someone says something really stupid, you try to grab something and make. <laughs> okay, it. this ahead, is a then. debate. Yeah. Oh, it's a debate. <laughs> let's let's give her benefit of the doubt. Maybe it wasn't a murder suicide, but maybe it was something. In, maybe it was a family member who had a key to the house. Right. Because how was the door relocked? Right. You know? Okay, here's a here's a. I think more, in those days they used those skeleton skeleton keys. Key. Could I give you a more plausible one than even Young Britney's? Santa came down and did it. Each house <laughs> had a little mini tornado. No. Day, and the debris killed the people in that house. Okay, that's just stupid. that house on the block. Yes, you're right. That wow. that is more stupid than what she said. No, okay. it's just as plausible. Okay. These people are killing them, okay. killing their families, and killing themselves with axes. The, the mystery remains unsolved to this day. And I it. Um, 
We, I, I agree, Brandy. I think I think young Britney saw. I think young. I think uh, Mr. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mansfield probably is the lead suspect. Although I'm not even sure about his connection to Frank Jones. It sounds like he's just a he's a hired gun. Uh, well, it sounds like he was just an axe murderer. I mean, it sounds like he was just a wacko. So well, he, yeah. He made so Frank sees him and says, hey, dude. He was just your garden you variety wanna, axe murderer? You want to make some money doing the stuff you love? Just a yeah. run-of-the-mill axe murderer. Yeah. How can yes. you do what you love and get paid for it? Okay. So, um, flip houses. the cool <laughs> thing is that uh, this house is still standing, right? Yes. In Brittany? It I is. to go so stay there. Tell us, young Brittany, about this house now. So you can go and tour the house um, during March through November. Um, it's open daily. Um, Why are they close in the wintertime? I, I don't it's know. It's a witch's tit. It's it probably cold in Iowa. In the, yeah, I mean, I'm you sure can't it's a get there. You're going inside. The birds migrate south. The mice leave. Everybody leaves. It's like, go, it's like getting to the Overlook right. Hotel. So the house is still there. Yes, and they have um, daytime tours and overnight stays. Because um, it's haunted. Yes, I I guess so. I would yeah, there so. there is some belief that there's some paranormal activity that occurs in the house, and it's a popular it's popular with all the people who are interested in that sort of thing. I would agree. I would definitely agree. But would you um, like to stay there? I don't think I would do an would overnight. Would you hit yourself in the face with an axe? <laughs> no, but I might bring an axe just in case. But um, the prices are pretty reasonable for just the daytime tour. Um, it's ten dollars per person for somebody twelve and over. Um, I don't know why you'd want to bring your kids, but it's five dollars um, for seven to eleven. <laughs> and then if uh, you're a senior citizen, it's five dollars um, and over. That's nicer than they give a senior citizen. Nothing is not economical. Um, my son is a, a marketing major, marketing and PR major. Very close to me. Do you right know why now, I don't like it? Do you know why seniors get discounts on things like this? So they'll go and spend money. No, because they they're remember, not going to remember. They're only going to remember half the shit they see. Older so people, they have them, and they so have will the, you. And, That's horrible. And you know they have more money than they have more money than anyone else. Older, right. older people. Right. They, they do a money. bunch of stuff. Yeah, they do. Well, a bunch what'll of happen is they give them a discount on the entrance, and then when they hit the gift shop, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a gift shop here. Oh, oh yeah, you buy slabs in the bedrooms. You can get bacon, rubber axes, rubber because rubber axes are. Fun. No, we don't. We don't know that there's a gift shop. You're right. <laughs> you can get let's the only cool scars like you get from Halloween yeah, that makes you look tape on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. not commit libel. We do not know or slander. We do not know that. But the, you can take tours. Yes, and Ooh. so that's the daytime really, prices. They have a really cool website mm-hmm. which have, we won't give, but you can Google it. You they have a really it. good website where you can find all these times and prices. Um, but the overnight stay. Um, you can stay with one to six guests. I bet they do have a gift shop. And how much does it sell? It may be. It's, how much does it set you back? It's $428. Per person? No. Um, no, for a group of six. Um, and then each additional person is $74. Well, why, didn't they, why don't they let eight people stay there since they were eight people that were murdered? I'm not sure. Maybe we can. Well, it says for additional people. They just give you a group Uh, rate. rate I guess that's their group rate. Uh, And then you can stay. Others can stay. I want about 40 to go in when I stay there. I don't. Yeah, I would need a large group of people. Not even a large group of people. And they they had, I don't know what the, I don't know if you saw it on the website, but they did the uh, 100th anniversary of this thing happened three years ago. And it was, I, I, I forget the amount that they were charging, but it was a, I mean, it was very, very expensive oh, to stay was. on the 100th anniversary of this. It was like the axe murder festival. And 
And to stay the night on the June 9th and 10th, you have to get reservations. Like, I was going to say, like, years year in, yeah, advance. in advance. Yeah. yeah, it's really... You can uh, get reservations for that. I think it's the same price, but you have to get them way in advance. Yeah. So, so check out that website. It's pretty cool. Definitely. And if I was ever in... If I, were, I if I was ever in... I've never been in Iowa, but if I was ever in Villisca, Iowa... I would visit that. Where's place. the hobo convention? I don't, it's in Iowa. It is in Iowa, and I hope to go there someday. I but uh, I'm kind of scared of the hobo convention since Carl Panzeran was raped by a gang of hobos. He was raped by and Carl to rape Carl Panzeran. Because that man went around yeah, raping some balls. Yeah, yeah, you got to be a tough son of a bitch to rape Carl Panzeran because he was going around just violating everything that walked. Okay, Colonel. Any uh, any sponsors this week? Uh, we we do have a sponsor. Um, it's um, Mel's Hardware. Okay. So if you decide to take up axe murdering, he stop said, by Mel. Stop by Mel's. He sells the sharpest axes in town. Great. I thought we were doing the um, medicine that we got. Our new sponsor was the medicine for man cold called Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> I thought it was that. You know, no. So. And, and we do have. Um, so you we can do take have a big another sponsor. Yeah, we, we have Mel's down at Mel's Hardware. They got the fans for you women who got the menopause and having the hot flashes all the time. Brittany. Um, no, I was talking about you. I don't know why she's the one over here fanning herself. Brittany, yeah, Brittany. She's the like getting ready to take off. Yeah, it's hot in here. What's wrong with you? You're acting like you got a park on or something. It's just okay. Because <clears throat> you're sitting Brittany, where can people find us? Um, people can find us on iTunes, uh, History Dweebs. Dot com and our Facebook page. Yes, and if they listen History to us on Dweeb, historydweeb.com. Dweeb. And if they listen to us on iTunes, what would we like for them to do? We would really like for you to leave us a lovely comment. Brandy. That's true. We would like that. Yes. Brandy, what? Chuck, in your sexy voice, beg people to leave us a comment. Look here, people. That's not a sexy voice at no, all. We've been, we've been asking you for a long, long, long time. We have five comments. We got five comments. In five months. You act like my damn children. How many times I got to ask you to do something before you do it? Do I got to stop sending you money? What do I got to do? Threaten your, to come in, up there and kick your sexy your head? voice. That, that oh. is a sexy voice. That's <clears> as good as let it me, gets. Let me try again. <clears throat> Hello, listeners. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. you That's get, just a quieter kernel voice. <laughs> you, you felt a little tingle when I said that. I, it felt, you I felt, felt a little in my throat. So anyway, that. hello, listeners. I feel violated. <laughs> <laughs> what we'd really like you to do is go to, a, to, to the iTunes and leave a nice comment for us. Even if you don't like us, leave a comment. Now, if you leave a nasty comment, okay, I'm going to come and kick we'll your take, ass. We'll take any comments. <clears throat> That's how people find us. So, until next time, say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, goodbye. everyone. Goodbye, everyone. That's my sexy carnal voice again. No, goodbye, no, it's bad. Bye-bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 